When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that we will play part two of our conversation with Susan Silver later on in the hour. Susan Silver, one of the original writers of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. We have to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is Steve Beverly. Steve Beverly, game show historian, recently retired professor of broadcast journalism at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. Steve is helping us sort through the latest developments in the Jeopardy host debacle. Mike Richards, who had been named permanent host of Jeopardy, he was fired as host of Jeopardy. He was then fired as executive producer of Jeopardy and as executive producer of Wheel of Fortune because of the revelation of disparaging remarks that Richard had made on the air against uh, female colleagues and people of various other uh, races and ethnicities on a podcast he hosted in 2013-2014. A couple more points I'd like to make. One is, and stay with me on this, one is, in a way, the situation facing Sony Pictures over the fallout over Richards and how they proceed next. In a way, it is not unlike the issue that the Los Angeles Dodgers are currently facing with Trevor Bauer. Uh, for, yeah. those, for those who do not follow Major League Baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers signed a starting pitcher before the start of the 2021 season named Trevor Bauer, who, though very good, um, he won the Cy Young Award in the truncated season last year, but he was, he was a good pitcher, but he also had a lot of baggage. He was a polarizing figure already when they signed him. He had a track record of making disparaging remarks against women in particular on social media, and that spoke against one of the target demographics of Dodger fans. And so you have to wonder how much they vetted this guy before they signed him. And then after they signed him, it was revealed that Bauer is under investigation for at least one count of sexual assault. So he's currently being suspended. Again, you have to wonder, did they know about the guy's past and yet signed him anyway? You have to wonder how this could have gotten by an HR department in a company as well-heeled as Sony, Mm -hmm. who you would expect would have the top human resources people who would vet someone. That's not to say that mistakes haven't been made in the past. You've You've had situations where executives have been hired who had good track records in whatever business that they were in, and they came in and you suddenly realize this person is is completely, particularly the tone that they set in a business and that when you talk about a toxic work environment, uh, it can not only be the kind of thing we're talking about with Richards, but toxic working environment because you have someone who is just such a total autocrat and abuses employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those things do happen. 
but the point is when you had something that was on the worldwide web and had been sitting out there and mind you this podcast has been taken down mm -hmm. to nobody's surprise but when when that's out there and i can tell you there there are many people who knew that was out there for a long long time the point that is made with all of this is that at some point in time somebody's got to answer for this mm -hmm. Uh, I have a feeling that they're behind the scenes in, in Sony Pictures Television. I have every reason to believe that there may be another head or two that will roll of people that we don't know who they are. But there's going to be probably another head or two that's going to roll out of this because of what has created a PR nightmare mm -hmm. for, for this company. Uh, and I'm not... And, and I can tell you, I'm not sure that I think they've handled the PR part of it very well uh, as well. But the, the point is, is that you have tarnished a show like this. And if you just check the most recent ratings for Jeopardy, it was at a peak right around the time that Ken Jennings did the first of the round of guest hosts. And now it has fallen down to the point that uh, in the last Nielsen ratings period, uh, which ended last Sunday, uh, Jeopardy had fallen to a 3.9, which is its lowest number, in, to my mind, in recent, if not permanent memory. Wow. I can never remember a Jeopardy rating going that low. And you have to put it down on the fact that this publicity is, I don't subscribe always to the theory that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Because when it <laughs> yeah. creates the kind of furor that we've seen with this, I can tell you, Ed, it eventually begins to wear on viewers. Steve Beverly is helping us sort through the latest developments in the Jeopardy host debacle. Mike Richards, who had been named permanent host of Jeopardy. He was fired as host of Jeopardy. He was then fired as executive producer of Jeopardy and as executive producer of Wheel of Fortune because of the revelation of disparaging remarks that Richard had made on the air against uh, female colleagues and people of various other uh, races and ethnicities on a podcast he hosted in 2013-2014. Steve Beverly, of course, game show historian, retired professor of broadcast journalism at Union University, Jackson, Tennessee. You can follow Steve on Facebook as well as on Twitter at Mr. TV Classics. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's look forward to the extent we can. Um, knowing that the game can change, <laughs> can change any number of ways uh, in, in the oh, yeah. weeks and days ahead. But as of the time we're recording this conversation, Mayim Bialik, who was uh, one of the guest hosts earlier in the year, Bialik was named as the host of a series of specials, primetime specials that Sony is planning to do with Jeopardy in the coming television season. 
And Steve thought Bialik would be a strong candidate in the event things did not work out with Mike Richards. Now, Steve had no way of knowing how that would come to be. But um, as, as we record this conversation, Mayim Bialik is currently recording like three or four weeks of shows. But there's a practical reason why they can't name her permanent host right now, correct? Yeah, uh, she is part of a, a series called Call Me Cat. I, it's a show I've never seen before, but uh, it her shooting schedule would make it very, very difficult for her to take on the permanent role as host of the five-day-a-week series. And so that's one reason that they, the, in most instances, it would be an easy thing to just say, okay, since she's going to do the primetime specials, we'll just slide her in doing that. Uh, but I, I think that is probably not going to happen. I, I think that the biggest mistake this show could make is to go back to the trotting out of guest hosts for an indefinite period uh, if you're waiting on, and, and supposedly Mayim would be available next year to do the five-day-a-week show because of her contractual commitments, uh, she would be available to do that next year. Well, if, you are, if you're doing this and, and you're waiting on her to become the host next year, the worst possible thing that you could do was to enter into another one of these dog-and-pony shows. Mm-hmm. And you, you start trotting out all these different people. I mean, everybody's short of Melissa Sue Anderson hosting the show. Uh, uh, I mean, and, and who knows, she may have gotten a call herself. But the, the point I'm getting to with this, it created a debacle before. I was one who said I thought it was a terrible idea to do this because it was presented in a fashion. And Sony, of course, has denied that uh, it was a competition between these people, when in fact you knew that some of the people who were being trotted out were not serious contenders for the host. They were not going to be the permanent host of the show. But I I think that if if you go in and go back into a rotation of guest hosts for this thing, it is just going to continue the, the conversation that is not positive for the show. It is not going to create continuity. And frankly, I, if, if Mayim can't do the five-day-a-week show right now because of contractual commitments, okay, pass her by, and let's go on and pick somebody else. And you may be getting to this in the next question, but the decision was made for at least an interim basis to bring over Michael Davies, who, of course, was the developer of the American version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and has had a tremendous track record in game and queer shows, and Michael I have known him for more than 20 years. I personally believe this is a solid decision to try to calm things down. And that's exactly what Please. they need. That's exactly what they need right now. And they don't need another parade of hosts because the public is going to be just suspicious of that for the reasons you just laid out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no question. And Michael is one who you haven't had really a smidgen of scandal or problems around the shows that he has done. Uh, Michael's a straightforward guy, and and he's also a fan of Jeopardy. And I think unquestionably 
I believe that he will come in, calm things down for the staff, which is so important right now, as well as for the viewers. Technically, he was named executive producer of both Wheel and Jeopardy, but I can tell you he's not going to mess with Wheel. And, in <laughs> fact, they have named one of their longtime producers as, for all intents and purposes, the showrunner of Wheel of Fortune. Michael's not going to be spending any time because the important thing is to address Jeopardy, to get it calmed down. And I frankly think Michael probably is... I, I could I could be dead wrong on this, but I believe Michael is probably confined with the responsibility, find us a host, and let's go with it with that person, man or woman. Let's go with that host and stick with them and get all of this complete polarization on social media and in the mainline media. Let's get that ended. And, and that's the smartest thing that they could possibly do. Michael is a great hire to come in here, even if he doesn't keep the job permanently, to do it long enough to where they can move someone else into that position who's not interested in hosting the show. The position of executive producer, yeah. And also move someone else in there who knows how to treat Jeopardy with the kit gloves that it should be treated. Final question for now, unless something else happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, social media carries whatever weight it carries. But a number of people on social media, including a number of people who responded to the thread on, on our Facebook wall, returned to Ken Jennings. Do you think he's still on their radar? And do you think he would take the job if offered? I, I have to be honest with you. I still think Ken would do a solid job hosting the show. And whatever inexperience he has would be, I think, overshot by the fact that I think he could grow into the role and would continue the tradition and the sanctity of what Jeopardy is. After all, you're talking about the greatest of all time and the most prolific champion in the history of that show. He understands what makes Jeopardy work. Uh, I think he could do that job and do it well. But the flip side of your question, after what has happened with this debacle, and I know we keep using that word, but that's, there's no other way you can explain it. Because that's what it is. <laughs> there's nothing, there is no other word that can explain this other than a total disaster train wreck. And you have to ask yourself the question, after all of this, if Ken was looked at that he was not good enough to be there to start with, now, of course, dollars and cents change anybody's mind, mm -hmm. but, but if he was considered to be not good enough to do this, then why should he suddenly be considered in that spot because Mike Richards is not there now? Uh, and I'm of the belief that I think Ken would probably think twice about it uh, and I think, you know, it would probably be costlier in, as far as dollars and cents for the show if they suddenly came to him now, which I think would be a good move. Yeah. If they suddenly came to him now and said, Ken, we need you. In so many words, Ken, we need you. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk. And I believe that his agent would probably be able to extract significantly more dollars out of them, and that could change everything. But, I, you know, I, I don't know whether Ken would consider it now, considering all of the trauma 
that has occurred. I mean, it, this is one of the few times that I think you've ever seen a, a traditional game or quiz show turn into a living soap opera. Yeah. Although, from what I understand, if Sony were to come back to Ken Jennings, and if somehow they came to a deal, and that's a lot of ifs, my understanding is it would salve a lot of wounds, and it would make a significant amount of the viewing audience who liked Jennings and wanted him named the successor to begin with, that could heal a lot of wounds. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think it would. I think Michael may take a very long look at that because that is what has to happen right now. You have got to get this show off of the main line of, I, I don't know of anything that has created more polarization except for uh, COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> I don't know of anything that has created more polarization on that bad bad reaction to Sony Pictures Television, a company that doesn't like that whatsoever, and particularly with the two shows that have been the huge profit centers for them as they have. Uh, you have got to act quickly, and you have got to quell this. And in so saying, I believe that uh, it is something that Michael will definitely take a very long look at, at the possibility that, okay, we've been through this uh, parade of candidates that looks like the Miss America pageant. Now, let's get down to the business, name a host, and get on with it. And I think that might be where you would see Ken come back to the forefront in the picture. Steve Beverly, game show historian, also the host of Steve Beverly's TV Classics, a weekly two-hour TCM-like festival of classic TV shows from the 50s and 60s, which, which originates every week from E+. TV6.com, EPlusTV6.com. You can follow Steve Beverly on Facebook as well as on Twitter at Mr. TV Classics. Steve, help, uh, thank you again for helping us sort through the latest development. If something else breaks, we'll, we'll reach out to you again. <laughs> we'll do our best, and let's hope it's not of the same ilk with what we just had. You got it. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks, Ed. We'll play part two of our conversation with Susan Silver. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.